Hello, my friend. Welcome to How to Like Your Life, a brain training podcast for mindset transformation. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm Emily Lies. I'm a brain training specialist and hypnosis practitioner, and I'm here to teach you how to harness your own inner power using the magic and science of brain training and self-hypnosis to transform your life and like your life. Before we jump into the episode, I have a very exciting announcement The next cohort of my six-week hypnotic empowerment brain training masterclass is open for registration. The class will be from May 18th to June 22nd, and it's a live brain training and hypnosis online course where I will personally guide you through mental practices and exercises that you can use to reprogram your mind. You'll learn how to really clear out the mental junk that's holding you back by reducing your stress, reprogramming, limiting beliefs, regulating your nervous system so that you can start to condition your mind to feel better. You'll also learn really practical ways to increase your access to joy, boost your confidence, believe in yourself more boost motivation, and get clarity on your goals so that you can boldly pursue them. We will do all of this through live group calls every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern time. There's recordings if you can't make it live or if you want to go through the program at your own pace. There are video lessons, guided hypnosis recordings each week, journal prompts, worksheets, a private community forum, and so many more resources. And I'm so excited to personally guide you through this process. I do offer flexible payment plans through Afterpay, and you can learn more and get all of the information to register at the link in the show notes. I cannot wait to see you there. And without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Now, today's episode is part one of a two-part series on habits. Part one is about breaking old habits, and part two will dive into adopting new habits that are really supportive to the future you want and the person that you want to be. There's a couple of reasons why I wanted to share this series so early on in this podcast. First and foremost, I will be sharing so many tools that you can start to implement into your life as habits. And so I want you to really be able to set yourself up for success to implement the things that you want into your daily routines and navigate the inevitable resistance that does come up when we try to make changes in our lives. And the second reason is because we are now deep into February. And so many people set New Year's resolutions for themselves to transform their habits and totally change everything about their routines, but research shows that about 80% of people fail to keep their New Year's resolutions by February in the year. So today is the day that you get to start over. You get to reset, release any of the harsh expectations you set for yourself at the beginning of the new year, and this will help you to really start creating the changes that you want to see in your life in a way that works, in a way that makes it easier for you. So today, part one of two is all about breaking unsupportive habits and replacing them with behaviors that are encouraging to your well-being. Now, we all have unsupportive habits. We all have behaviors that aren't necessarily nourishing to our overall well-being, and that's okay. We are humans. Being human is messy. And we are doing our best. And when I hear people talking about habits that they don't like or that they don't want, the conversation is all about breaking them and trying to force ourselves to stop doing this, stop doing that. And what most people don't tell you is that sheer willpower and force is not the most supportive way to help you change your habits. And the reason for this is because our habits 
all serve a purpose, even if they ultimately are harmful to our mental or physical well-being in some way, our subconscious minds adopt these habits in an attempt to protect us, in an attempt to take care of us. And they are just doing their best because your brain's number one goal, no matter what, is survival. Your brain is always trying to protect you, even when it doesn't always feel like that. And habits are the same way. So habits are behaviors that we engage in that fulfill some sort of need that is presented in our mind or our body. For most of us, a lot of habits help us cope with stress or difficult emotions or challenges. They might help us numb discomfort. But no matter what, they fulfill a need. And that need has to be taken care of. So if you think about it sort of like a formula, you have the experience of stress or discomfort. And then you engage in a habit. And then when you match the habit with the stress, it typically resolves that stress. It neutralizes it, at least to some degree. And so our brains associate these habits with an effective way to calm us down, even if it's ultimately not the best for our ongoing well being. So we feel stress or discomfort, we engage in the habit or the behavior, and then that stress or discomfort becomes soothed. It's like matching a positive and negative charge to neutralize it. And so for all these people thinking about how they just want to break the habit and stop doing it, and then they're so much more irritable and stressed and overwhelmed as a result, that makes sense. If we have stress and then we take away that habit that helps us cope with it, we are left with the stress. We are left with the discomfort until we fulfill that need. And our subconscious minds, the parts of our brain that are responsible for our habits and our emotions and our stress, are a lot like little kids. They don't have advanced rational thought like our conscious minds do. So if you think about a little kid with a pacifier, an object that's literally designed to calm and pacify heightened emotions, and then you take that pacifier away from them, you throw it on the ground and you stomp on it, that kid is going to be distressed because they have needs. They have emotional needs to feel soothed, to feel safe. And all of a sudden you took away that tool that they have, the only thing that they know how to do to feel okay, and you didn't replace it with anything else. So of course they're going to start crying. They're going to be distressed. They're going to scream. And that is exactly the same thing that happens in our subconscious minds when we just forcibly remove our old habits. So one of two things will happen when we remove those coping strategies. We either feel really, really overwhelmed and irritable and angry and activated and our nervous systems get dysregulated, or we revert back to the old habit or we seek out another habit that might not be super supportive to us. And that's clearly not effective or a gentle way of supporting your own well-being, especially as you are trying to work towards big goals. That's why I have such a problem with the conversations around New Year's resolutions. People just try to force their nervous systems into a new way of operating without considering what their minds and bodies really need to feel okay and safe, because ultimately, safety is our brain's number one priority. So with all of that in mind, I'd like you to think about some of the habits that you have in your life. And rather than immediately blaming yourself for engaging in something that you don't necessarily want to be doing, it's really, really important to recognize again that your system, your mind, your body are trying their best to help you feel as okay as you can. And at the time that those habits came into your life, 
your brain was encouraging you to do those things as a way to help you feel okay. So before we even start the conversation of changing the habits, I want you to just identify one thing in your life, one behavior that you do every day or regularly that isn't so supportive to your well being long term that you'd like to change. Just bring that to the forefront of your mind. So for me, for example, I've been in the habit of waking up and scrolling on my phone first thing in the morning, even though I, as a brain training specialist, consciously know what impact that behavior has on our well being. It's not great, but we're working with the subconscious mind. We're not working with our rational thoughts and our knowledge. Our habits come from the childlike subconscious part of us that's helping us feel soothed in some way. So I have been in the habit of turning on my phone and scrolling on social media, checking my emails the minute I wake up. So identify one habit that you would like to shift or get rid of. That's step one. If you want to do this in a journaling exercise, feel free to do that. Feel free to pause and write these things down. Otherwise, we can just do it as a mental exercise. So step two is not to just suddenly force yourself to stop these habits. We are not doing that anymore in 2024. Step two is to offer yourself compassion. I see so many people getting angry, actively angry with themselves, almost as though they're fighting with their minds and their bodies because they're engaging with habits that they don't want. Fighting with ourselves is not the way to help our systems feel safe. So imagine that your subconscious mind is a cute little kid, maybe a little baby with a pacifier. If you're in a place where it's safe to do so, maybe close your eyes. If you're driving, please keep your eyes open and stay alert. But otherwise, close those eyes and just picture a cute little kid in front of you. Maybe it's your younger self, maybe two years old. And start to really observe this young version of you. And as you're looking at this part of you, getting angry with it or screaming at it, for doing its best to feel okay is not the way. So I want you to either imagine yourself wrapping your arms around this little kid, giving it a big hug, or holding their hands, and get down on their level and say the following phrases to them, repeating after me. Thank you for trying to protect me. I know that you are trying your best to help us feel as okay as we can. Well, we're going to try something new now, and I will make sure that we feel safe as we do it. Take a long, deep breath in. And release with a big sigh out your mouth. (sighs) Good. Letting go of any of that anger, or frustration, or shame around the habits that you were doing in the past that helped you feel okay. They did serve a very real purpose. So the next step is to identify the need that this habit is fulfilling. And this is totally different depending on the person, but I'm going to give a couple of examples just so that you can start to understand how quote-unquote bad habits actually serve very real needs. So for example, I've been scrolling on social media a lot first thing in the morning, right when my alarm goes off. And again, even though I consciously know that that habit isn't great for my well-being, it allows me to wake up. It kind of jolts me awake with a bright light and stimulation. 
I check social media and I get dopamine by seeing new followers and comments that I get. And so it's clear that my brain's need in the morning is something that is both energizing and also gives me some sort of reward, something positive, something hopeful right from the moment that I wake up. And it serves that purpose. So for a couple of other examples, I used to pick the skin around my fingernails a lot in high school, especially when I was stressed or when I was bored or when I was trying to process information. And for me, that habit, even though it was not great for the health of my fingers, was fulfilling the need to fidget and move my body to process information. I now know that I have ADHD and I'm autistic. And so I need to be moving my body and stimming in order to self-soothe, in order to feel like I'm able to process information, in order to feel like I have enough stimulation in my body. So picking my fingernails is my hands needing to move. And it was fulfilling that need. Another example that other people might experience is smoking. Now, smoking is a little bit more complicated because it's a substance that has an addictive property to it, but it does fulfill pretty tangible needs. So for a lot of people, smoking gives them an opportunity to step away, to go get fresh air in the quiet for a couple of minutes and reset when they're feeling overwhelmed. It gives people a chance to be by themselves and take deep breaths, which has been shown to regulate the nervous system. And so if somebody tries to quit smoking, but they don't give themselves an opportunity to step away or take deep breaths or be by themselves to process their emotions in a different way, then that makes it a lot harder. People might overspend or go shopping and treat themselves to things that they can't afford as a way to introduce newness into their lives. When we have new experiences, we perceive our lives to be fuller and more rewarding. We have more access to creativity. So if people are buying new things, it can give them that to some degree. So you get the idea. These are a couple of examples. Again, they manifest so differently in each of us that even if you have these habits, it might fulfill a totally different need than what I shared in my examples. So take some time to ask yourself, what is this habit serving for me? What need is this meeting? How is this habit benefiting me? And you might want to pause this recording and journal about that a bit. Sometimes it takes time to really pinpoint that need that our habits are fulfilling for us. But understanding the specific need, the sense of relief that it gives us is key to be able to create change because otherwise you're just taking a pacifier from a crying baby. Step four is to once again, offer yourself compassion. And recognize that even though that behavior might not be super supportive to you, your brain was very wise to implement that habit because it helped to soothe you. It did serve a purpose. So if you want to return to communicating with that small child and thank it again, you can do that. And just acknowledge that your body, your system is doing its best to care for you. I'd like to quickly interrupt this episode to share a bit about how you can make it easier to like your life using my hypnosis app, Doddle. What you might not know is that every single episode of this How to Like Your Life podcast is paired with a recommended guided hypnosis session on the Doddle app to help you enhance the practices that we're talking about here so you don't have to figure it out all on your own. 
On the app, you'll also find tons and tons of full-length hypnosis sessions to help you in so many areas of your life, including relaxation, stress relief, focus, motivation, joy, confidence, health and healing, sleep, getting in touch with your goals, and so much more. There's also a whole library of eyes open hypnosis for you to listen to while you're doing things actively, while walking, while showering. There's also a library of mood shifters, which are practices that are under five minutes designed to help you get out of a stress response fast and feel better quickly. So in this podcast, I'll teach you how to like your life and on Doddle, it'll become a very easy task. So make sure to try out Doddle for free for seven days and you can find the download links in the show notes. Now let's get back to the episode. Step five is where we introduce something new. So now that you've identified the habit that you want to get rid of, you've identified the need that it fulfills Now it's time to start to identify a new behavior that meets that same need, that fits it and neutralizes it, almost like a puzzle piece or that positive negative charge that neutralizes the discomfort so that you can go back to feeling okay. Again, these solutions are so different depending on who we are, our neurotypes, our experiences, our needs, but I'm going to give a few examples again just so that you can get your brain thinking about this. So with scrolling on social media, first thing in the morning, my need is to have something that energizes me, that wakes me up, that keeps my eyeballs open, and something that gives me a bit of a reward, a little boost of joy in some way. So I'm in the process of replacing my scrolling habit with immediately sitting up in bed right after my alarm goes off and taking a sip of cold water. I have one of those water bottles that keeps your water really, really cold through the night. So immediately I sit up and I take a couple sips of that cold water and that cold temperature kind of jolts me awake in the same way that staring at a screen might. So it fulfills that part of the need. And in order to get a little boost of joy in the morning, I know it's a little goofy sounding, but I will get up right after having my water and I put my arms above my head and I whisper the word, yes, I would normally say it really loud, but I don't want to wake my partner. And just this simple act of having an upward posture and saying yes gives me a sense of celebration and reward in a similar way to looking at the follows and likes and comments that I get on Instagram. Because what I'm really seeking is proof to feel proud of myself. So by standing up and saying yes, I am celebrating myself and showing my brain that I'm worthy of celebrating. And I've been doing this for a couple of days now. And I will say it's not perfect. I'm still reaching for my phone but it's getting easier and easier each day because I'm not just ripping away the pacifier. I am actually fulfilling that need in a way that is so much more effective and soothing for my nervous system. Looking at some of our other examples for folks who pick their fingernails, that might be because of a need to move your hands to process information. So replacing that with a fidget toy can be really helpful. As soon as I started doing that and started playing with a slinky under my desk during my meetings or fidgeting with a pop socket on my phone when I'm out and about, I no longer needed to pick the skin around my fingernails because I had a more effective and honestly more rewarding strategy to meet that need. For folks who overspend and like to go shopping a lot in order to get that rush of newness, I might encourage you to instead Drive a different way home from work. Walk on the other side of the street. Give yourself and your brain a new perspective as you are moving through your life, and that will add a sense of novelty 
and curiosity into your experiences. So take some time now to identify a new behavior that meets that need for yourself. You might even come up with a list of a few options because your first choice might not be the most effective. Maybe I won't end up sticking with jumping out of bed and putting my arms above my head and saying yes when I wake up. Maybe there's another option that fulfills that need in an even more effective way. So come up with some ideas for behaviors that help match that need and neutralize that discomfort. And that's going to be the key to really helping you shift your behaviors in a way that feels even better. Because not only are you meeting your needs and showing your brain and body that you are worthy of having your needs met, you're doing it by incorporating behaviors that feel even better than the original one, that feel even more soothing or even more rewarding. And that is the key because we have the stress, we pair it with a habit, and then that neutralizes the discomfort and the stress. So replace your old habit with a new tool that still leads you to that sense of coping. Now, I want to emphasize that this is not something that happens overnight. It takes time to create new habits and rewire the brain and teach the subconscious mind that this new experience is the direction that we want to go in. And the brain needs repetition in order to start to comfortably adopt new behaviors. So if you think about your brain kind of like a big field of grass or a meadow, and there's really, really tall grass everywhere except for one dirt path going right down the center. If you enter that meadow, you're going to be way more likely to just follow the path that already exists because you don't want to walk through the big tall grass because it takes so much more energy, right? That existing path is your habit. That's the thing that you are already doing by default. And you are walking down that path every single day. And that act of walking through that path over and over again keeps the path clear. It keeps new grass from forming there. Now, I want you to think about your new habit as moving in a different direction through that meadow. In the beginning, you're going to have to walk through the tall grass to go somewhere new. In the beginning, it's not the path of least resistance. There is another path that is so clearly carved out for you. But if you decide to walk in that new direction, every time you feel that need, eventually over time that grass will start to get beaten down a new path is going to form and if you don't follow that old pathway that old habit grass is going to start to grow there and that old path will become less clear as you form a new one and eventually that new habit that new pathway will become the path of least resistance so in the beginning you might catch yourself doing that old habit, or you might realize that you just did it, and that's okay. When that happens, just remember that your brain is trying to protect you, and it did that in the way that it knew how. So offer yourself that compassion, and when this happens, just take a pause, acknowledge the need that your subconscious mind was trying to fulfill, and while that's at the forefront of your mind, you might then engage in that new habit, even just for a short period of time to show your brain that that's what you're going to do instead. Or if you don't have the ability to do it in real life, close your eyes and imagine engaging in that new habit and start to form an association with that need and the new behavior that's going to fulfill the need. And eventually your brain is going to start to connect 
that need with your new habit, but it does take time. Adopting new habits is messy, and that is so okay. And when you do successfully engage in your new habit, celebrate it. Our brains also learn from heightened positive emotional experiences, so make it a big deal. If you find yourself picking up a fidget toy instead of picking your fingernails, take a moment to put your arms above your head and say yes. Or imagine that little kid in your mind and say, good job, I'm so proud of you, and make it a big deal because that is going to clear the path so much faster. Something else that's really, really helpful in paving that path, almost as though you're walking through it with a lawnmower, is through the process of hypnosis. Hypnosis is a tool that allows us to turn down the volume on our inner critic and our conscious buzzy thoughts and really communicate directly with the subconscious mind. And through hypnosis, you can teach your brain these new habits so much faster with so much less effort through a tool called mental rehearsal. And it's just how it sounds. So just like actors rehearse their characters, behaviors and thoughts and feelings to make it easier to access those things when they get on stage, you can mentally rehearse what it would be like to feel that need come up and then adopt that new habit. Mentally rehearse yourself successfully engaging in that new behavior and your brain is gonna learn so much faster. So I would recommend in the evenings taking some time to close your eyes, take some deep breaths, and then visualize yourself going through the tasks of tomorrow and imagine yourself in circumstances that would prompt that old habit, sort of conjuring up that need, but then visualize yourself successfully engaging in the new habit instead. And that will help your brain form that stronger association and that sense of reward because it's seeing in real time that it's possible for you. Because when we imagine things, our brains process imagination very similarly to reality. So it gives us an opportunity to program the mind without even engaging in those behaviors yet. And there will, of course, be a guided hypnosis recording of this practice in my hypnosis app, Doddle, if you'd like to have guidance with that. So to recap the process of breaking quote-unquote bad habits, unsupportive habits, and helping ourselves feel better, step one is to identify the habit you no longer want. Step two is to offer yourself compassion. Imagine your subconscious mind as a cute little kid that's trying to protect you and thank it for doing that. Step three is to identify the need that that habit is fulfilling, the outcome that that habit is creating for you. Step four is to once again offer yourself more compassion because your brain was just trying to fulfill a need. Step five is to identify a new behavior that meets that need, that allows you to get the result that your brain and body are seeking in a new and more supportive way. And you might want to make a list of different options and try them out and see what feels best for you because it is a trial and error process. And then finally, visualize it going well. Imagine yourself going through your day tomorrow, feeling that need come up and successfully engaging in that new activity. And whenever you find yourself following through on that new behavior, that new habit, celebrate it, make it a big deal. Reward it the way that you would use positive reinforcement to encourage a kid to continue with good behavior. And the more that you do this, the more you'll be carving that new neural pathway in your brain 
and the easier it will be for you to feel okay as you are changing your habits. I'm a very practical person, so I want to share with you some additional resources that can help support the things that you're implementing from this podcast. Firstly, I have my hypnosis app Doddle, which has over a hundred guided sessions for so many different areas of your life. And the coolest thing about the Doddle app is that it's paired with this podcast, How to Like Your Life. So for every episode in this podcast, in the Doddle app, you will find a library with a suggested guided hypnosis session that matches the theme of the episode. Doddle is free to try for seven days. You can check it out, cancel anytime. And all of the info is linked in the show notes. And if you want to take a much deeper dive into brain training and self-hypnosis and work with me to learn how to retrain your brain to really like your life fully, I do have a live masterclass called Hypnotic Empowerment. It's a six-week online brain training intensive with live group calls, video lessons, new guided hypnosis sessions and brain training practices every week, and so, so much more. That's designed to really help you clear out the mental junk that is keeping you stuck. So you learn how to reduce your stress, reprogram limiting beliefs, regulate your nervous system, build your confidence, increase your access to joy and motivation, and really gain clarity on your goals so that you can boldly and confidently pursue them. And the next cohort is officially open for registration. It's from May 18th to June 22nd. The live calls are every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern time, but if you can't make it live, that's totally okay. You can access the recordings anytime. You have access to the entire course for a full year. It is truly such a wonderful mental reset in such a beautiful and supportive community. So make sure to check out the link in the show notes to learn more and claim your spot in the Hypnotic Empowerment Masterclass. If you got something out of this episode, if you benefited from this in any way, please make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you feel so inclined, please also rate and review this podcast. Ratings and reviews are so, so helpful for creators like me to reach more people and continue to offer these resources for free because I really, really want to make brain training accessible and make self-care accessible because everyone deserves to like their life. You are so capable of liking your life. You have so many inner strengths within you that can help you feel better. You have been listening to How to Like Your Life. This is Emily Lies, and it's been so wonderful chatting with you. I hope you have a great week and I will talk to you soon. Bye friend.